0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge Weekdays 1230 to 3,
1: 770 CHQR. We have seen what we thought was unseeable. We have seen and taken a picture of a black hole. Well, it's pretty startling to, to comprehend that that here we are sitting here today listening to scientists announce that we have captured an image of a black hole. It is pretty large, mind you. This black hole is about 6.5 billion times the mass of our sun. And obviously we're a little more familiar with our sun. It's, it's pretty big. It illustrates how big this black hole is. But despite its massive size... This was no easy task. This involved a global effort over a number of years and such a massive amount of data that it could not be transmitted over the Internet. You may have seen the pictures today and some of the coverage of this. Hundreds of hard drives were used to collect all of this data, bring them all into one location to put together this image. So as you heard in that clip there, we are seeing the unseeable. It is quite a remarkable achievement. Joining us to talk more about it, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, Avi Loeb. He is the Frank B. Baird Professor of Science at Harvard University, Chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department, and Founding Director of the Black Hole Initiative. Professor Loeb, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome to the program.
0: Thank you for inviting me.
1: What was your reaction as, as you watched this all unfold today? And obviously you've got some, some very close colleagues who were involved directly in, in this research, but just such a, a remarkable day, is not it?
0: It is an amazing uh, uh, discovery, and um, I should say that to me it's also gratifying because uh, about a decade ago, uh, in collaboration with uh, a colleague of mine who is now a professor in Canada at at, the University of Waterloo, Avery Broderick. Back then he was uh, a postdoctoral fellow with me. Uh, We wrote, we published the first paper that uh, predicts how the image of the black hole in M87, this this particular black hole, that we saw the image of how it should look like we forecasted and uh, perhaps the uh, surprising result is that um, our prediction matches the the, the, the observations quite well and so they are not surprising unfortunately we don't see anything completely unexpected there Uh, and i say unfortunately because very often we learn from uh, results that do not follow our expectations And in this case, um, it seems like uh, Einstein's theory of gravity works Mm -hmm. and that uh, uh, the shadow looks the way we expected it to look.
1: It is quite remarkable. Um, This was a good candidate for this because it is so massive, right?
0: Right. Uh, The black hole is um, six and a half billion times the mass of the sun. And one way to measure the mass is actually from the size of its shadow, The bigger the mass is, the bigger the shadow is. Uh, And in the past, we didn't have a good measure of the black hole mass. There was uh, uh, a controversy about uh, the mass being half of what it was measured to be um, because uh, it was measured indirectly. And this method is a new method to uh, find the masses of black hole. Uh, Moreover, um, this black hole, uh, you know, is not, accreting a lot of mass a lot of matter right now so it's not at its brightest uh, uh, phase uh, we do see black holes of this mass gigantic black holes shining very brightly all across the universe they are called quasars and most of the time they are um they're faint they're not accreting much gas and they're dormant uh, and uh, the one that we looked at in M87 has a a jet coming off it, even though it's not fed with much uh, uh, matter, uh, it it still produces a beautiful jet that comes out. And one of the things that can be learned is how the jet is launched, Uh, because we are seeing the shadow of the black hole on the background of the base of the jet. And uh, so there are many things that we can learn have nothing to do with uh, falsifying Einstein's theory of gravity, but actually using it as a tool to learn about how matter behaves in extreme environments near the horizon of a black hole.
1: Right, because we're obviously not seeing the black hole itself because I guess there's nothing to see. I mean it's it's sucking <clears> in it's sucking in all, all light which is why it, it it earned that moniker. But when you talk about its, right. its shadow, we're almost like its silhouette. what, what is it we're seeing here?
0: So what we're seeing is that it absorbs light uh, that is uh, emitted from behind it. It's not uh, like uh, an opaque object that uh, blocks the light or reflects it. It actually absorbs it, and that's why we see less light coming from its direction, because material behind it is not being seen. And uh, therefore, there is a deficit in the brightness uh, just behind the black hole. Now, this is a, a way of, uh, inferring what's happening near a black hole from a distance. Uh, uh, of course, one could imagine boarding a spacecraft that will approach a black hole and then you can do the measurements there, right there. But but the problem is that there are lots of uh, hazards, lots of risks uh, getting close to a black hole. Uh, if you fall into the black hole, um, eventually, um, you know, you get ripped apart. Right. a very strong tidal force near the singularity at the center. The event horizon is extremely helpful because it protects us from the singularity. There is nothing that can come out from the inside of the event horizon. That's the significance of it. It's sort of the walls of a prison that once you get in, you cannot get out from there. And that means that even though we don't understand what is exactly happening near the singularity, near the center, because Einstein's theory breaks down there, Uh, we don't really need to know because whatever happens there doesn't affect us. And in a way, it's an excuse for physicists not to worry too much about Einstein's theory breaking down because we are protected by the event horizon.
1: Right. But it, it, yeah, it's, it, it is interesting, though, because it, it might seem like a paradox to people that we are, in one sense, confirming Einstein's theory with this announcement today. But just the very nature of, of black holes themselves, or the, you know, the singularity, is, as you describe it, it, it raises questions about that theory. I mean, it's pretty fascinating.
0: Exactly. exactly, And it's always the case in physics that once you understand one thing, it opens the door to many other puzzles that you don't fully understand. That's what makes science exciting, that there is always something to pursue and um, something you don't fully understand, and and it allows you to make progress. Uh, now, the, the thing that we believe uh, is missing from Einstein's uh, theory is quantum mechanics. I mean, that's one of the fundamental pillars of modern physics, and it's not included in uh, Einstein's theory of gravity. And And over... The past uh, half century, uh, people attempted to, including Einstein early on, um, attempted to unify quantum mechanics with gravity. But we don't really have a unique theory that with definite predictions that that we can use uh, to figure out what's inside a black hole at the moment. Yeah,
1: but, yeah, it's funny. It was just a few weeks ago. My son is thirteen. And we are watching Interstellar. It was on television, and you know, he's, he's asking questions about. about- you know the black hole, and obviously that's that's pretty important to the plot of the movie. And uh, I said, well, you know, black holes are pretty weird, and tried to find some some videos <laughs> online yeah, to very... try to try to describe that. But it's, I mean, it's fascinating, but it's it's confusing.
0: It's very weird in the sense that you know there there could be no matter there; it's completely empty space. Nevertheless, uh, space and time are distorted in a very strange way, such that. You, you, once you enter that region, you can't get out of it. And, um, you know, it's uh, the actual nature of the singularity of a black hole, as we said, uh, involves quantum mechanics and gravity. And both of these theories are quite unusual, you know. And uh, uh, having two parents that uh, are unusual and creating a, a, a baby, having a child, uh, makes the child very unusual. So, so black holes... Uh, carry with them all the strange properties of both uh, gravity and quantum mechanics that we don't fully understand and, you know, there there is a lot to be done uh, so for the young people that may be listening you know, the, there is more to physics that they should discover
1: Well there is, and and this is certainly a big step toward our, our understanding and being able to to pinpoint and measure sure. and it, uh, observe these black holes it's it's pretty incredible, so where, where do we go from here, how do we build off of this?
0: Yes, so the next um, step is, of course, to get more data uh, on either M87 or the black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, It's called Sagittarius A-star. And that means not just um, a single snapshot, but uh, actually a movie, uh, seeing how things change with time. And uh, there could be flares, uh, just like we see on the surface of the sun. Uh, There could be blobs uh, flying around, and we could learn from the motion of things uh, more about uh, the nature of of, uh, the black hole and its environment. Um, And uh, moreover, you know, one can observe the uh, black holes in in two ways. One, using light, like the Event Horizon Telescope is using, Uh, but the second is uh, using gravitational waves. These are ripples in space-time that are created when you shake... (laughs) objects. And uh, uh, we can see, I mean, uh, the LIGO experiment detected gravitational waves from the edge of the universe uh, a few years ago. Uh, They were generated by a collision of two black holes, and that offers a new window into probing the environment of black holes. So so now we have two methods. One is imaging with light uh, using the event horizon telescope approach, and the second is using gravitational waves. And you can imagine that in the future, you could apply both of them to the same objects and, and learn in, in two different ways about them. Uh, the gravitational waves are less sensitive to the matter that falls in. Uh, the light is very sensitive because the light is emitted by the matter that falls in. And so they are complementary, and they can teach us about different things uh, without us needing to get very close to the black hole.
1: So we we may be able to find others, then.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, so um, the uh, M87 and Sagittarius A star have roughly the same size on the sky. Um, the uh, M87 is about um, 2,000 times uh, or uh, 1,500 times uh, more massive than the, than the Sagittarius A star, but it's also 2,000 times farther. So the two factors cancel out, and It has roughly the same size on the sky as Sagittarius A-star. And then there are a number of other black holes that one can look at that are slightly smaller, a factor of a few smaller. But still, one can potentially study them with the Event Horizon Telescope. And then there are plans to perhaps expand the Event Horizon Telescope to include the Space Observatory, that, that will increase the, the arm length of the telescope, basically the effective diameter of the telescope. Um, and um, uh, that could help us resolve things that are even smaller. You can imagine also resolving two black holes that are dancing uh, together uh, around the, uh, each other. Um, um, and uh, if you have a movie uh, of one of them at least, you can see it moving around in a circle on the sky, and that could be another frontier that um, the Event Horizon Telescope pursues. And we actually, I wrote a paper just um, a few months ago on this. Um, So once you have a tool uh, like the Event Horizon Telescope, a new tool, uh, you can use it to build many different things.
1: It is fascinating. Uh, Professor Loeb, I always appreciate the uh, insight and expertise on this, and uh, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. My pleasure. Really Thanks. appreciate it. Take care, uh, Professor Abraham or Avi, as he goes by. Loeb, uh, chair of the Harvard Astronomy Department, founding founding director of the Black Hole Initiative, also chair of the Breakthrough Starshot Advisory Committee, and a lot of other titles. I could chew up a whole lot of minutes uh, just running down his resume, but really do appreciate his insight. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at twelve thirty on News Talk seven seventy Calgary.